Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate you checking out, downloading, listening, and subscribing to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. That's right. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because if you subscribe, every time a new episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is uploaded and ready for you to listen to, you will always get a notification to let you know that the latest edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is up and available for you once again at either iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. My name is Alfie, and I am here to deliver this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast for you. Really appreciate you tuning in and also appreciate all our loyal listeners that follow us on our social media platforms. That's right. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And by doing that, you will get the latest in racing news and information delivered to you either via our Facebook page or our Twitter page. And also we've got an email address as well. So always feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what is going on in your world of racing at SRW Radio at yahoo.com. That is SRW Radio at yahoo.com. But we got another exciting edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast coming up for you this week here. In just a matter of moments, you will hear from our great guests, which include the CEO of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix that will be going around the streets of Nashville, Tennessee in August for the IndyCar Series. Mr. Matt Cruz will preview that event, which is coming up on August 6th. Also, Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network will recap all the action from Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Quaker State 400. And also, we have a new short track correspondent, Brooke Scarborough, will join us as well to uh, let us know a little bit about her background and how she'll be contributing as a short track correspondent for the Southern Race Week Radio program and the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But as we do every single week, we want to bring you up to date on all the racing action that occurred over the weekend. Here is your racing recap. And it was a very busy weekend in racing as NASCAR, NHRA, and the IndyCar series were all in action this past weekend. But first, let's focus on all the action that occurred in NASCAR as the Xfinity Series and Cup Series were in action this past weekend in New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And as we take a look at the results of the Xfinity Series race, John Hinder Nemechek had one thought inside the dominant car of the day as the NASCAR race in New Hampshire was set to resume after a few extra laps and one final caution. Don't mess up, he said. No need to worry. Nemechek survived a wreck-marred NASCAR race last Saturday at New Hampshire Motor Speedway and won for the fourth time this season in the Xfinity Series. The 26-year-old Nemechek followed last week's win at Atlanta with another dominant performance for Joe Gibbs Racing. Nemechek pulled away off the final caution, the perfect stop to avoid one more final wipeout behind him. Nemechek rolled in the number 20 Toyota to the finish line under caution, the 10th caution of the race that ended the race under the white flag. Chandler Smith was your runner-up, Austin Hill finishing third, Daniel Hemrick in fourth, and Sammy Smith rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the point standings right now in the Xfinity Series, John Hunter Nemechek is your overall points leader. He's ranked number one in the standings with four wins on the season. Austin Hill is in second position with three wins. Cole Custer is in third position 
with two wins. Justin Allgaier is fourth with a win. Chandler Smith is fifth with a win. Sammy Smith is sixth with a win. And Jeb Burton is in seventh position into the playoffs via a win. And spots 8 through 12 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season as of yet. That is Josh Berry in eighth, Daniel Hemrick in ninth, Sam Mayer in tenth, Sheldon Creed in eleventh, and Riley Herbst rounding out the top 12. Over to the Cup Series action this past weekend in New Hampshire, Martin Truex Jr. had just chewed up the competition to win at the same New Hampshire track where his dad won a regional stock car series race in 1994. Truex has few boxes left to check in his career. The latest came in yet another masterful Monday matinee when he won at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the first time in 30 career cup tries. Joey Logano was your runner-up, Kyle Larson finishing third, Kevin Harvick in fourth, and Brad Keselowski rounding out the top five. And looking at the point situation right now, William Byron is your number one ranked driver with four wins on the season. Martin Truex Jr. is second, but he's regained the overall points lead for the regular season championship. He's got three wins on the season. Kyle Busch is in third position with three wins. Kyle Larson is in fourth with two wins. Christopher Bell is in fifth position with a win. Denny Hamlin is sixth with a win. Ross Chastain is seventh with a win. Ryan Blaney is eighth with a win. Joe Logano is ninth with a win. Tyler Reddick is tenth with a win. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is in 11th position with the win, and all these drivers have qualified for the playoffs, and spots 12 through 16 are right now into the playoffs via points. They do not have a win on the season. That is Kevin Harvick in 12th. Brad Keselowski is 13th. Chris Buescher is 14th. Bubba Wallace is 15th. And Michael McDowell rounding out the top 16. And the truck series was not in action this past weekend, but here is the current point standings right now. In the truck series, Corey Hine is your number one ranked driver with two wins on the season. And all he also, he's the overall points leader. Zane Smith is in second position with two wins. Grant Enfinger is in third position with two wins. Christian Eckes is fourth with two wins. Carson Hosever is in fifth position with a win. And Ben Rhodes is in sixth position with one win. So those drivers are qualified for the playoffs. Spots seven through ten are into the playoffs right now via points. They do not have a win on the season. That's Ty Majeski in seventh. Matt DiBenedetto is eighth. Nick Sanchez is ninth. And Matt Crafton rounding out the top ten. In other NASCAR news, with three wins, a lead in the point standings, and a NASCAR championship pushed ahead, the good times are rolling again for Martin Truex Jr. Joe Gibbs asked himself the same question about Truex as the 82-year-old Hall of Fame owner tries to keep Monday's winner in New Hampshire in the fold of his race team for one more season before the driver retires. The 43-year-old Truex, who was 0-for-19 in the Daytona 500, is publicly pondering retirement for a second straight season. The JGR driver quieted season-long speculation last June that he could retire at the end of 2022 with a statement, I'm back. He struggled in the first season of NASCAR's new next-gen stock car. He failed to win a race or make the playoffs for the first time since 2014. This season, however, he has won three of the past 10 cup races and has four other top 10s over that span. And now he's conflicted about what lies ahead. I'm bad at making big decisions, says Truex, who has won 34 races, 19 of them with JGR, as well as the 2017 championship, and has three season runner-up finishes. I wish I had more time to figure out what I want to do next year, but I don't. So I'll know soon, and you'll know soon. Over to the NHRA series, Matt Hagen picked up the victory at the final Bandemir Speedway NHRA National event. Clay Milliken and Troy Conklin Jr. also won on Sunday in front of a sold-out crowd at the 43rd Dodge Power Brokers NHRA 
Mile High Nationals. And to check out the other winners of Wally's, along with the current point standings right now in the NHRA series, just head on over to NHRA.com. Over to the IndyCar series, Christian Lungard won the Honda Indy Toronto this past Sunday, mixing sizzling speed and successful strategy for his first career NTT IndyCar Series victory. The 21-year-old from Denmark drove his number 45 Honda to an 11.7893 second victory over championship leader Alex Palau. And to check out the rest of the results and all of that, just head on over to IndyCar.com. And over in the IndyCar Series championship standings, Alex Palau is your overall championship leader. Scott Dixon is second, Joseph Newgarden in third, Marcus Erickson in fourth, and Pato Award round out the top five. And take a look at action in this weekend in the world of racing. NHRA, IndyCar, and NASCAR will all be in action this weekend as well as we head on over to the Northwest Nationals in Seattle, Washington. That'll be July 21st through the 23rd. The IndyCar Series will be in action on July 22nd for the High-V Homefront 250. That'll be July 22nd. The green flag will drop at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. The Big NBC, Peacock, and Sirius XM Radio will have all the coverage for you. And then over in NASCAR, the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series will have a triple-header weekend at Pocono this upcoming weekend as the Truck Series will be in action on Saturday, July 22nd. The green flag will drop at 12 p.m. Eastern time for the CRC Bracklin 150 from Pocono. You can catch the race on FS1 as well as radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which also can be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. The Xfinity Series will be in action that evening, later on that afternoon, in fact, Saturday, July 22nd at 5.30 p.m. Eastern for the Explore the Pocono Mountains 225. You can catch the race on the USA Network, radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which also can be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90, that action as well from Pocono. And then the Cup Series will be in action on Sunday, July 23rd for the HighPoint.com 400 from Pocono. The green flag will drop at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the USA Network and then listen to the action courtesy of the Motor Racing Network, which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. So there you go. That is your racing recap for all the racing action that occurred over the weekend here on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hi, this is Greg Walter, General Manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network at Southie. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as he's getting set for a big event coming once again to the city of Nashville, Tennessee. He is the CEO of the Music City Grand Prix. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Matt Cruz. Wow, that was quite that was quite the introduction. So. <laughs> well, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Hopefully, you're having a, a an amazing day today. Yes, and when you say big, I want to make sure we include the Big Machine, who is our title sponsor. So the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix is coming back to Nashville. We uh we could not do without the support of Scott Borchette and the whole team there, and we are incredibly proud to uh to represent their their various brands across our event for the last three years. And I know Big uh, Big Machine is also a, a big part in helping you get a lot of the musical guests that you have because not only is this a race 
that takes place on the streets of Nashville, but it also it seems like a big concert event as well. So any fan who gets the chance to go to the uh, uh, yeah. the big machine music city Grand Prix, not only gets to see a race, various races uh, that are on the track, but also a lot of great music and a lot of great performers and bands that will be out there entertaining. Yeah. If you can't find something that you don't like at our events, you're not looking very hard so from, you know, from multiple music stages, we have genres ranging anywhere from, you know, from Vince Neil to Flo Rider and all things in between this year. But uh, great music, you know, great, great music, great food, incredible racing in the best city in America to do it, to throw a party. So uh, we're, uh, we're, we're just one piece of what can be a great Nashville weekend for, for our guests for sure. And this is, I believe, the third year that this event is going to be going on through the streets of, of Nashville. And uh, it, it's such an amazing race to watch when I watch it on television. I, actually, I had a friend who went to the first year of the event and he could not stop talking about how much fun he had, how many various music acts, enjoying some nice beverages. He had a great view of the race as well. And then watching it from TV, seeing those cars go across that bridge is amazing. See him taking around those tight turns. It's 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 an amazing race. And over the years, uh, you know, it seems to just get better and better yeah. as we go on. Do you have anything new planned for this event, or is it pretty much going to be the same? How is there any changes that are going to be going on for? No, we're always looking to, to to new and improve. But going back to last year, real quick, when you're talking about the racing, we were actually the closest uh, street race in IndyCar history last year. So, so our margin of victory was was lightning thin. So if you have your stopwatch out, try to start and stop it, and uh, you probably can't start it quick enough. Start and stop again in, in the the our margin of victory last year. But yeah, this year, I mean, you know, we're giving the fans what they want. They always they've asked for years about why don't we race at night? So we're moving our GT race to a night race on Saturday night, uh, which I can't imagine what that's going to look like with Nashville Nashville shining like it always does. The Korean Veterans Bridge lit up and those cars sparking at you know nearly two hundred miles an hour. Uh, that's going to be a sight to behold. Uh, and then we're kicking off the day earlier on Sunday for the IndyCar race. I think our fans have said, you know, they can't wait to get the day started. So we're moving the race up earlier in the day uh, to give our fans what they want. So looking for a noon Eastern start this year. And uh, again, looking forward to, uh, to, to welcoming everyone back to Nashville and again, throw a party like, no, like, like Nashville only can. And that's the beautiful thing about Nashville. Even though you have a race, so many great concert uh, uh, events and everything going on, the city is absolutely beautiful. There's so much to do with the Grand Ole Opry, um, the you know the great bars, the great uh, food. I mean, it's it's just a, the perfect city to put on an event like this. Well, for sure. In Nashville, we do the biggest fireworks display in America in Nashville now, the second biggest New Year's Eve festival in Nashville, the NFL draft. The secret's out. Uh, that Nashville is, you know, the best city for big events in America. And I don't know if it's hard to gather or, or get the numbers, but what was the attendance? What's usually what, what's been the average attendance for this event over the last years? Well, when you start wrapping in some of the downtown stuff, you know, especially with our pit stop competition on Broadway, I mean, we're at 150,000 plus on an annual basis that take in our event. So, uh, you know, we look to push that, you know, you know, higher and higher each year. Uh, but you know, this year, especially just just leaving some planning meetings right now and hearing about some of the activities that will take place unticketed in downtown really, really extends our party across the river, as we say, uh, into the heart of, of, of the Honky Tonk District. Just make sure you circle it on your calendar. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix will be August 6th. Noon p.m. Eastern time is when the green flag will drop. NBC Peacock and a Sirius XM will have all the coverage for you. And and having NBC and Peacock broadcast the race 
on the big NBC, uh, that's definitely huge as well because you're garnishing probably a huge audience of people, not only there at the track at the event, yes, but those who can't make it can actually, you know, will get a great, great representation of how the city of Nashville and how the racing is there via NBC and Peacock. Yeah, I mean, our fans have shown that over the first few years. Uh, our year one was the most watched IndyCar race in cable TV history. So, uh, you know, people people want to see the city uh, and, and encouraging the people that come this year, as we were mentioning about the connectivity with downtown Nashville. Our three-day ticket holders this year will have a what's called a fast pass, which gets them priority access into, you know, a couple of dozen of downtown Nashville's, you know, premier honky-tonks, which is uh, which is a feat to behold on a, on a busy weekend. So, you know, our fans are truly going to have the run of the city when they're in town this year. Speaking with the CEO of the Music City Grand Prix here, Matt Cruz, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Now, Mr. Cruz, we know that this has only been going on for a few years, but the the process of putting this event together has taken multiple, multiple years. And I'm sure you were a part of putting this great event together. Tell us about how this event came to your idea and taking that idea and then making it a reality. Oh, I think it's like most great ideas. Uh, you know, a, a few beers in a bar and a cocktail napkin are typically how most of those things start. I can actually take you when you're visiting Nashville to the table uh, where this thing was drawn out uh, over the course of a few years and a few, and a few cold beers. So I think it's just, it, it takes planning. It takes luck. It takes belief and backers and a city that understands big events. And, uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the stars can align and, and things happen, but yeah, it was about a seven year process to get to the original green flag, but it's, you know, it's worth, it's worth the wait for sure. And the uniqueness of the course is really cool because I think one of the coolest things that kind of, for me personally, kind of spreads you out from other type of road course, uh, or street course races is going over that bridge. I think that is absolutely awesome to see those cars go over that bridge. And then also the start finish line is right there by the uh, the stadium as well. As far as the course goes, tell me a little bit about the uniqueness of how the, the course is set up and, and all the great kind of uh, little things that the, the course kind of shows for the viewers when they watch it or for those that are there watching it live. Well, I mean, obviously I think it starts with the bridge. I mean, the bridge is our identity. Uh, but they also the bridge from a technical point of view, it gives us two really good long straightaways that really on both ends set up incredible passing opportunities. Uh, our turn nine, which is at the end of the, the bridge or the, the street coming back into East Nashville. Uh, I mean, it's, it has given us some of our marquee moments the last two years. And that's, you know, that's at the end of a, you know, a fairly long straightaway. So high speeds into a tight corner, it really shows the skills of these drivers. But then we got some pretty technical spots as well. You know, our turn, uh, you know, four, five, six complex uh, is as technical probably as any, as any, uh, you know, as any area on street courses in American racing. Uh, but that's, that's the beauty of, of this type of racing. It, it shows who the drivers are because, you know, you know, racing's a give and take and to, you know, you've got to give up speed to, to, to make a car turn and vice versa. So the ones that hit on the right combination of downforce versus straight line speed, uh, and then put it put those into the driver's hands are the ones who've who have shown. And and just looking, I mean, looking at our winners the first two years. I mean, Scott Dixon's one of the winningest drivers uh, in the history of IndyCar. Uh, Marcus Erickson won year one, and Marcus Erickson, you know, is it was in his second year coming over here from Formula One. So uh, you're talking about incredibly skilled drivers that have won our first two races, and I think that just speaks to what it takes to perform, you know, on street courses, but specifically on our street course because of the the complexity 
and the genius of Tony Cotman's design. Tony Cotman's our track designer, and uh, he worked on this alongside me for seven years. So, uh, you know, to take you know to take city streets and turn them into something that truly brings out the best of the best is a, is an accomplishment for sure. And when you guys race that first year, when you finally see the the idea that you put down on that napkin at that bar, having that beverage, and you're there seeing it, and now kind of in your third year, it, or do you, do you get as fired up for it this year as you did that first year? Oh, it's still not real, to be honest with you. I mean, it it really isn't. I mean, each each year, you know, the first day when the bear when the barricades start going up, it's like, wow, this is a first year was shocking, but you know, last year it still it still takes your breath away, but. No, it's still it's 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 fun to it's fun to 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 see, you know, to see what happens when you dream big at times. Now, Mr. Cruz, I'm sure tickets are still available, but I'm sure they're going to be going up as hotcakes as this event is getting closer and closer. Uh, yeah. How can our listeners get a hold of tickets? Because from our Atlanta market, it's not that long of a drive to get to Nashville to enjoy an amazing uh, race weekend there with you guys. So how can they go about getting tickets, getting information and yeah. maybe getting questions answered and also maybe seeing the schedule of uh, artists that will be on hand to uh, perform for everybody? Yeah, so musiccitygp.com. Uh, all of our ticket packages are there. Uh, yesterday, single day tickets went on sale. Uh, but what typically happens, and it proved out again yesterday, as soon as our single day tickets go on sale, we have a huge spike in our three day tickets because people really look and see, wow, the value of a three day ticket that shows me eight races, that shows me 20 plus concerts. Uh, you know, the, the three day ticket is where the value is. And now I layer in, oh, by the way, I also get a fast pass into the premier downtown honky tonks. If you've ever tried to get into a Tootsie's on a Friday night, I can assure you it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, but to have a fast pass wristband this year uh, really, really you know, adds value. So again, musiccdgp.com for all tickets. But I strongly encourage you to take a look at that three-day offering because the value of the music, the, you know, the, music, the food, and the racing, uh, I think is unmatched. And again, we can't reiterate enough, any ticket, from GA to reserve to our premium suites gives you access to all the music on site. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southeast. We continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next, our next guest here, Via the Food Depot hotline, as he's getting set for his next travel destination, which will be New Hampshire Motor Speedway, as the Performance Racing Network will have all the action from New Hampshire coming up this weekend. And to talk a little bit about that and, of course, recap all the exciting action that happened at Atlanta Motor Speedway over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the lead announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Doug Mr. As always, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Mr. Rice, as always, we appreciate you coming on with us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Great friend of the show and always appreciate it when you have a couple of minutes to uh, join us here as you're getting ready to go for a New Hampshire Motor Speedway this upcoming weekend for the Performance Racing Network. So I'm sure you're excited to head out there to New Hampshire for another exciting race coming off the race weekend you just had at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I love this trip. I think it's 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 actually Alfred my favorite trip of the year. I like that part of the world. It reminds me a lot of the Western North Carolina mountains. Folks, nice. The food's incredible. The racing's not bad. 
the racing wasn't a bad at Atlanta this past week either. Oh, no, sir. Uh, even though it was a range-shortened uh, Quaker State 400 race uh, event for the NASCAR uh, Cup Series with William Byron cutting off the uh, win there. And one thing I did hear you say as well and that you were very, very proud of was the crowd uh, that showed up for this uh, race weekend, with it not only being a, an amazing race, but also under the lights as well. Uh, it's easily the biggest crowd I've seen numerically and percentage-wise there in a decade. Atlanta had a long run of getting bit by awful weather. I know the race was rain-shortened this year, but I'm talking about rain, we got to go home, we'll come back tomorrow. One year we came back and raced on Tuesday. And that hurts. That hurts attendance after a while. So I think people have figured out that the racing there is as good as you're going to find anywhere on NASCAR. I'm prejudiced. I think it puts on the best show in NASCAR. And after the race weekend at Atlanta, have you what what did you take away from the race itself? You know, th that race is a bit of an outlier, meaning you can have a great race there and not do anything the rest of the season. William Byron's pretty good. He's won four races this year. I think they're legit title contenders. I think he should be taken seriously. So was really impressed by that. I don't know if I should be impressed by what Daniel Suarez did. He finished second, but that's a track where we've had a lot of Odd names finished high. It was like J.J. Yaley, I think, was seventh. Good for him. Real happy for him to do that. So that's my takeaway, is that, that William Byron is in a pretty good place right now, and I think he's going to be a threat about every time we go to a racetrack. Speaking with Doug Rice here, the Performance Racing Network, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Now, Chase Elliott, who was the defending champion of the Quaker State 400, had a 13th place finish this past weekend, and he's got a lot of work to do to get to the points. In fact, looking at those drivers that are just battling it out for that last playoff spot, as you mentioned, Daniel Suarez, he's in 15th, and Michael McDowell, 16th. They're both tied at 407 points. And then those outside looking in, you got Bubba Wallace in 17th, A.J. Allmendinger, 18th, Ty Gibbs, 19th, Austin Sindrick, Justin Haley, Alex Bowman. And then you got Chase Elliott, who's in 23rd position right now, 347 points, so about 60 points there. Uh, out of the uh, last spot, and it's coming down to desperation time for uh, Chase Elliott and the number 19 if they want to represent the state of Georgia and make their way into the playoffs with only a handful of races before the regular season finale uh, at Daytona to the point that I think Chase needs a win because, uh, I don't know, Doug, what, what are your thoughts? Is If he doesn't get a win, will he be able to get in with points, or is it desperation time now to the point where he needs to get a win between now and Daytona? He needs to get a win. It's that simple. He's 60 points back. He gained a position, but he dropped five points to those teams in front of him. They're not running at a high level. It's not like they've been close to winning and, oh, my, if they'd have done this and they'd done that. They're not leading laps. They're not earning stage points. They're not performing at a really high level. Now, I've got to take into account Chase was out six weeks of the broken leg and one week for suspension. That plays with your mind and your team's chemistry. And that's got to be a factor. But I, he's going to have to go out and win, I think. I don't think he can count on everybody in front of him putting balls in the, in the pond and losing strokes to him. They're going to have to go out and win a race. Now, he's got a road course race. He races well at Daytona. I mean, they're pretty good about everywhere. They could go to New Hampshire this weekend and win. But I've just not seen winning speed out of that car this year. I've seen it out of William Byron's car. I've not seen it from the nine. And so it, that's just Doug Rice's take. I think if Chase Elliott is going to be in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs this year, he's going to have to win one of these next seven races. 
Now, Doug, those cars that are in the kind of the, um, you know, the positioning right now where it's the 15 through the, you know, 20 spot. Do you see any of those drivers like Bubba Wallace, A.J. Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, who are kind of the outside looking in, possibly getting a win before Daytona? Or do you think the way the top 16 are that uh, that's probably what we're going to have? Or what, what kind of positioning thing could change between now and Daytona? I think Allmendinger is the furthest down of that bunch, but he's got a road course coming up. He should do well there. He might even win there. Uh, minus winning, Bubba's falling a lot like, off lately. They were pretty strong at first. McDowell's hitting this. It's hard to pick because there's nobody down there that you think, well, that's probably where they shouldn't be. They're about, you know, we are who we think we are. And I think that's that's what those teams are right now. Um, maybe Bubba, they, they've got a good organization. They can right the ship. But you're going to have to knock down some top tens. You can't keep giving up races. Well, Doug, of course, you'll be a part of the performance racing coverage along with uh, Guru Garo and everyone else from the pits and the corner and the turns that will be calling all the action this upcoming weekend in New Hampshire Motor Speedway as the Cub Series continues on with uh, we get closer and closer to the playoffs kicking off on Labor Day weekend at Darlington. And Mr. Rice, if our listeners want to follow along with you on social media along with the Performance Racing Network, where can they go to keep up and follow along with all the latest NASCAR news information yep. And play-by-play uh, play as you guys cover everything going on during the race on your social media platforms. If they want to follow PRN, it's on Twitter. It's at PRN Live. I think it's PRN Live also on the new Threads app. If they want to follow me, I'm at Riceman61 on Twitter. I went ahead and got a Threads account. I don't know if that's going to be around for a long time, but that's Doug underscore Rice. That's the same as my Instagram account, so... People want to follow along, more power to you. And we should note, if they downloaded the PRN app, they can hear every PRN broadcast, whether it's Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, Garage Pass, or our races live. And that's a free app, so download that, and that will allow you to listen to all of the PRN live broadcast in real time. And also the great podcast you have available, like Behind the Mic with Doug Rice. So uh, make sure you uh, check that out as exactly well. Exactly right. <laughs> where we talk with a lot of the movers and shakers that Alfred tracks down for us to, from the broadcast world. We've, we've had some good ones. We had uh, Chip Carey on. We just had Tim Roy on, who does the um, Golden State Warriors. And we have, we've had a host of people on. And I know we've got some other folks coming up. But it's called PRN's Behind the Mic, where we talk to play-by-play uh, -play folks from all sorts of disciplines. That's right. I actually have a couple of more on deck that we're going to have, so looking forward to having you do that because uh, I really enjoy listening to them as a broadcasting nerd. Uh, I really learned a lot from them as well, I listen I've to I've got them. time now after this coming weekend. <laughs> I'm Julia Landauer, NASCAR Xfinity Series racer, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie's. We continue on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline. In fact, she'll be contributing here to the Southern Race Week Radio program, along with the podcast, as she'll become one of our short track correspondents throughout the year. And uh, we're very honored and privileged to have her as part of the Southern Race Week Radio team. So let's on over to the hotline right now and welcome in Miss Brooke Scarborough. Miss Scarborough, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week here on Sun the Race Week Radio. Hopefully, you're having a great day today, my friend. 
Yes, sir, I am. I'm just recovering from NASCAR weekend. Oh, so I, I you think, know how I, it is. yeah, I'm on that same boat with you. Believe me, took plenty of naps between a Sunday and today, so I totally <laughs> yes, understand. Sir. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. As I mentioned in the open, you're going to be part of the Southern Race Week Radio family as you're going to be our new, uh, one of our uh, short track correspondents, as you're going to be helping us cover Thursday Thunder, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and various other events throughout the uh, short track uh, world as you do a lot of traveling for a lot of these short track races. Uh, tell us about some of the tracks that you've attended uh, since you started kind of becoming a, a short track racing fan. Um, my cousin is actually Emma Britt, so I've gone to a ton of different short tracks with her. Um, mainly, we've kind of been focusing on Thursday Thunder recently, but we also go to Cordial, also known as Chris Motorsports Park. We go to Charlotte. We just now started going to Charlotte, and she's running the rest of the shootout, so that's really exciting, and she'll be moving up into a legend car, so I'm sure new tracks will come with that. Now, of all the tracks that you visited, uh, which one stands out to you? Which one do you really enjoy going to and seeing the racing? Um, I really do love Cordial. It's definitely one of my favorites because everybody's just so close, and it's almost like a family vibe down there. There's no, like, serious or anything. It's just kind of shenanigans. We always go to Walmart before the races, kind of mess around, kind of goof around. And then there's a restaurant down there called 16 East. We always, before the race, before race day, that Friday night, we always go to 16 East, eat up. All our whole team meets at the dinner, and it's super fun, and I just love it. And uh, is there a track that's on your checklist? Is there a track that you're just dying to get to to, to check out a race? Um, They just actually race there, but if they ever race there again, I would really like to go to North Wilkesboro. Okay. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, now, uh, let, let's get a little bit about your background now, you just mentioned Emma British, your cousin. She's a great friend of the show. She's been on the program uh, a few times. So I'm guessing that you have pretty much have been racing or gone to racetracks since you're a little girl. Um, Not necessarily since I was little. I've gone here and there. Like, I went to New Smyrna, whoa, New Smyrna or Five Flags, like, just kind of here and there whenever we're headed down to Panama City. But really, I got into it when she kind of sort of got into it. She got into it around 12. I really got into it around probably like 13, 14. She had to beg me. She was like, Brooke, come on, you'll love it. Come on, trust me, you'll love it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Until one time she finally convinced me to go to Cordial. And ever since then, it's just been like a, a huge part of my life. So you became a fan basically being forced to become a fan, being dragged to the events by, by Emma. And then you kind of just uh, fell in love with it. And one thing that we discussed is your desire to be in broadcasting. You want to be kind of a reporter covering all this short track stuff for us here on Southern Race Week Radio. What made you decide that broadcasting and communications was kind of the way you wanted to go as far as uh, you're obviously not wanting to be a driver, but you're still a fan, but want to help out the sport by covering it and kind of showing us a little bit about what goes on at the short tracks that you visit and all the short track events that you, you are, are attending. One of my huge inspirations was my cousin Madison. She's actually a reporter over at Fox. And I was kind of talking to her about my career or whatever. And she was like, Brooke, you're, you're basically a social butterfly. You talk to everybody and anybody. So you should, like, really, like, consider this. And then I really sat there and think about it. And I was like, I wouldn't want to do, like, all the big stuff, like the Chinese air balloon or, like, politics or anything like that. But, like, something that I truly love, which is sports. And so, but I'm always at the track all the time and I'm racing, like, the back of my hand. So it was really just something that stuck out to me. Speaking with Brooke Scarborough, our new short Southern Race Week radio short track correspondent here 
on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio a podcast. Now, you mentioned that you're uh, that you have family that does uh, cover sports, but are, are there any other broadcasters that you admire and and maybe one day want to emulate or learn from a little bit? Um, I really like. I said my cousin Madison is like a huge inspiration to me, but. A big person that I've, like, watched over the years, kind of like NASCAR races and just, like, is Jamie Little. And also Jacqueline Drake, I want to say that's her last name. I follow her on Instagram. I just kind of watch some of her stuff here and there. And, like, there's a couple more that I follow on Instagram that, like, really stick out to me. Now, what do you want to do? Like, what's the career path for you? You're still young and you're still, uh, you're, you're in high school, right? What, 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 or what, what grade are you going into right now? I'm going to go into junior year. Okay, of, of, of high school. So, yes, so obviously broadcasting communication is what you want to do when you get to college. Um, what's the desire? What is the goal? What, what is ultimately the, the goal for you to reach as far as, you know, when we talk to drivers, we want to know what they're going to be doing when they get into the sport. What for you would you like to do once you kind of, you know, move on and, 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 can, and want to do uh, communication? What do you, what's the ultimate goal for you? The end goal would be just somewhere in NASCAR and like kind of like a Jamie Little almost. That's practically in goal or just somewhere in sports because I truly love sports but racing is like my number one kind of like my second home like I just love it well uh well Brooke we really appreciate you joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio you're going to be a big part of our program as you're going to be uh traveling with Emma so you'll be going to a lot of these short tracks and bringing us reports and interviews with a lot of the drivers that you meet out there as well so we really appreciate you helping us out here on southern race week radio and covering a lot of the short track stuff if our listeners want to maybe follow you on social media because i i know that you do a lot of uh videos and stuff like that from some of the tracks you go to um if you're comfortable giving that out what where can uh, our listeners go to follow you around and and keep up with the latest in short track news and information oh uh, yes sir my instagram is brooke it's just regular b-r-o-o-k-e Blakely, B-L-A-K-E-L-Y-S, on Instagram. On Snapchat, my tag is B Scarborough, S-C-A-R-B-O-R-O, 77. And my Facebook is just Brooke Scarborough, B-R-O-O-K-E-S-C-A-R-B-O-R-O. Hey, this is NASCAR driver Trevor Bain, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And once again, want to thank our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Once again, thanks to Matt Cruz, the CEO of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix in Nashville, Tennessee. Also, Doug Rice, the main announcer for the Performance Racing Network. And also, our all-new short track correspondent, Brooke Scarborough. So, we appreciate those great guests joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can go back and listen to this week's episode or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio there at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Just go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, and we would really appreciate it if you download, listen, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Don't forget, as well, our social media platforms. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And by liking and following us on social media, 
you will get the latest racing news and information 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also, we do have an email address as well. So if you'd like to reach out to us, give us your comments about the program, or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver or a local short track in our listening area who would like to come on the program and talk about the driver or talk about a track. We always love listening and reading our emails. So once again, that email address is srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. So enjoy us the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week for another all-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.